York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here, giving you that Knicks talk just in the Nick of Time. And the Knicks win four straight and beat the lowly Wizards 121 to 105. There was no such thing as a trap game for us. On a back-to-back, -back, we you still can get smacked, all right? That's what happened today with our third home because Brooklyn is the second home, Wizards is our third home, and we got the Magic as our fourth home, but the Knicks win 121 to 105. All right, let's get to these stats. Randall gives you 39 points, seven rebounds and five assists. Jalen Brunson gives you 33 points, eight assists and three rebounds. Hartenstein gives you eight points and 19 rebounds with two blocks. 10, 10 points from Dante, nine points from OG, 27 assists from these Knicks and another victory. The Knicks are now in the fourth seed in the NBA. That's right, so clap it up to that. Uh, and we're gonna talk about it, man. We're gonna talk about the good, and there's not really any bad and ugly. It's, it's just a team. It's just a team that's dominating the teams that they're supposed to dominate. We only lost against one team under 500. So me personally, I wasn't worried about this game. I wasn't. Even in the third quarter, it was like, oh my, ooh, scary. Oh, oh they cut it to five. I was like, whatever. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut it to five. Just was setting my watch, looking at it. I was like, it's about Randall and Brunson time to take over. And that's what happened. Then we won the game. All right. So stakes back for last. We're going to talk a little bit about this Knicks Wizards win. But we're also going to talk about some trade deadline targets and get into the thick of things with those guys. So stay tuned. All right. Uh, but let me introduce you to my guys. I have Ryan G uh, is in the building. And I have my Latin assassin with me, Lee Escobedo. So let's get to it. Lee, man, what do you think of this game? Man, vibes are high. Uh, I have a little feeling in the pit of my stomach and it resonates in my bones, man. I feel something special about this season. I think potential is sky high. Don't want to put a cap on it. Also don't want to speak it out of existence. It just feels like we are one nominal medium-sized trade away i don't think we were finally at a place for the first time in my entire net fandom where we don't need a home run trade at every point of me rooting for this team especially during the bad years we've always needed a superstar i don't think that's the case now because we have two julius randall and jalen brunson in my opinion and approximation are both superstars in this league i read brunson's tied for seventh place in total points and julius randall has been Top three most unstoppable individual players in all of the uh, lead pass that I watch, and I watch a lot. He's been unbelievably dominant every aspect of the game, and he finally has become that momentum changer. When the minutes that he's in on the court, you feel the team surging behind his unbelievable offensive arsenal, five-level score. He's hitting his free throws. He's giving maximum effort on defense. When he's that, we, our actualization is limitless. And that that C word is closer than we've ever been before. Oh, well said, well said. Lee is usually the most optimistic 
of the three or four of us. And he's been saying 50 win, 50 burger, contender. Um, I, I definitely believe, for me, I'm more solidified in believing that Brunson is that superstar guy. But what I look when I look at Julius Randle, I see superstar potential, and he has all the Thanos gems in his arsenal. But he needs that last Thanos gem to take over the world. When, I, when I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about Julius Randle. He needs that playoff gem. Once Julius Randle can do something like this in the playoffs, then he will be solidified as a guy who can be a superstar. Because we we. You have to be a guy who is going to going to appear in big moments. And he's done that. He's done that during the regular season, like versus uh, like Miami or the Celtics during the regular season. But when the when when the stakes are the highest and the games are the tightest, that's when we want Julius Randle to step up. I believe he can do it. He's been his mindset has been different this year. He looks a lot calmer. Maybe it's the haircut. Maybe it's his children. I don't know. But this is the year for him to ascend to that level. And I hope he does. Uh, Ryan G, what are you thinking about this game? Uh, what are your thoughts on What are your thoughts? Well, the Knicks did what they had to do. They stood on business, and that's exactly what they did. Um, there wasn't really a lot of bad in this game. Um, in the third quarter, the Knicks allowed the boys to get back into the game. A lot of Wizards get into transition and the way the Wizards like to play and transition, they like to space the floor. They, they don't even go to the basket to go get the easy two or whatever the case may be. They like to space the floor and get their three-point shooters out on the perimeter on, on a fast break. And for that maybe five, maybe a six, seven-minute stretch in the third quarter when they were making that run, the Knicks were allowing them to get on the fast break and they were able to knock in some threes because they do have some, some good – knock down three-point shooters in transition and Kuzma, Kispert, Avija, even though Poole's having a down season this year, he can still knock down the open three as well. And those guys were just draining threes, but then the Knicks regrouped. They slowed the game down because they realized that in the, in the half court, the Wizards can't do much. Yeah, The Knicks slowed down the game, got back, got it back in the half court. And once they did that, they were able to um increase the lead back up and win this game. Um, I do think that zone defense is going to be an issue based on this game. And I do see, and I do foresee teams trying to implement a bit of zone against the Knicks to see if they can try to slow down their offense. And the Knicks are going to have to operate better when teams do put the zone against them. But besides that, Knicks did what they had to do. The Wizards are a bad team. The Knicks went into Washington, smacked them like they're supposed to do. And that's that. But I do want to see a bit. I do want to see a bit more aggressiveness from OG because I feel, I do feel like he passed up a lot of shots mm-hmm. tonight. And I I don't know if it's him trying to still get acclimated to the offense or it's him just trying to like not trying to step on anybody's toes and just you know passing the ball you know to his teammate trying to create shots for others. But I do want to see him get a bit more aggressive. And I feel like over time he will get more aggressive and look for a shot more when he's in those situations where he's able to create his own shot. Mm-hmm. But besides that, you know, this was pretty much a good game for the Knicks. We, I mean, we all pretty much knew that going into Washington, the Knicks were going to win this game 99.5%. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, oh, um, yeah we're going to win this game. That's all we have other things to talk about to prepare you guys. But as far as, as, far as the, the, the zone 
issue. I don't think it's going to be an issue for a long. For me, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe you can play zone, but I feel like you're going to have to switch it after two minutes once we get acclimated because this team is still one of the, the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Today, we shot 38%, 38.9% from three. You're not going to be able to play zone for against us for like an entire game. This is more about to switch switch up your coverage and make us think for a second and throw us off guard because uh, we can shoot the three. Brunson, Brunson for sure, Dante for sure, even though he was... It's funny, his off is still on. He shot 40% for three. So like like he still shot well. Um, so that's not that's not a long term problem for me, especially depending on what personnel's on the floor. Also, the OG situation. The OG situation is interesting because he part of the reason why he wanted to lead Toronto is because he wanted to touch the ball more. He gets here and you hear that and you have that in your head, and he's passing up open shots. So it's kind of weird. Um <laughs> it's like, wait, I thought you wanted the ball. Yeah. Like, shoot it. Like, what are you doing? But at the same time, I like his unselfishness at the same time. He got 27 assists, and he's, he, you know, he's one of those ball movers to assist for him. But at the same time, there's a few open shots you have to shoot. Like, he had a midi that was wide open. Um, sometimes he's open uh, in, on the corner. Sometimes he passes it up. We, we brought you here to shoot and play defense. Definitely have to shoot your open shots. Follow the path of uh, Miles McBride the other day and just let it fly. That's how I see it. <laughs> Facts. That's how I see it. Um, for me though, what this game is kind of what I'm seeing from this game is the new identity of the Knicks. New identity of the Knicks really seems to be we're going to beat you up and stop you, and we're going to force turnovers. And because we force turnovers, we're going to eat. We're going to get easy baskets. So to me, that's been a a staple for these four and O stretch by these Knicks. Uh, we forced them into 20 turnovers today. And those 20 turnovers uh, got us into transition and easy baskets. And, you know, the really good teams find a way to get easy baskets without a struggle. Our defense is turning into offenses, and that's good. Julius Randle was dominant, and no one can stop him, and that's good. And that's really all she wrote. It was easy win. The, the only thing, the only other thing I'm really looking at when it comes to this game, is the second unit and how they operate with Miles McBride and Quentin Grimes with their newfound minutes. So I don't know if you guys have any, have any thoughts on what you saw from those guys tonight. Um, I'll say this. It wasn't the same impact that they had the last game versus the Sixers, but I think you have to give McBride some time to kind of grow into his new role, mm-hmm. getting more minutes and producing. I did I did see a few good plays from McBride today, you know, where he was finding his teammates. I think I think one of the major plays was I think it was um on a fast break. He was driving to the basket and foul ran up for the easy two. Yeah. So, you know, he he did make he did make a good few plays. He did make a a couple good plays today. And also like that Put back slam he did towards the end of the. Play. Oh yeah! Oh, oops! So yeah, he amped it on somebody's head. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> to the point where he, you know, uh, the the wizard got booed after that. Exactly. So you know, McBride, you know, he's showing some flashes, and you know, I think he does deserve. I think you just need to give him a bit, a bit more time to get acclimated to his to um his new role, and 
Grimes, he, he had an okay game today, only 15 minutes, 205 from the field, six points. Didn't have the same impact as he did yesterday, but I think with both McBride and Grimes, I think the I think the, the thing with them is just consistency. You know, they, they need to get to a point where they need to, you know, produce consistently. They can't, you know, they can't have games where it's like, okay, one game is like 19 points, and then the next game is like six points, then the next game is like 20 points. You know, it's, it's going to have to get to a point where they're going to have to be more consistent, but, you know, I, I think it's going to take some time for them to grow into their roles and become consistent with their production. I agree. I might go ahead. I might, I might counter a little bit. I think that the consistency of Randall, Hartenstein, and Brunson really matters. But I think that's what's so good about this team. A top three element is depth. We can actually go a, one game when McBride is on fire from three and hits four of them to a game where he really has no impact, and we still blow that team out by double digits. We have two-man depth at just about every position right now, but center with the absence of Mitchell Robinson – and point guard after trading Emmanuel quickly. So we can sound up the center position, figure out, is it Precious? Who I That's who I think the role should go to. Or is it Jericho Sims? Now that he's working his, his way back, that'll sure up that uh, at the five. And then the point guard, we'll have a discussion later on about which one of the available players is the best fit for what we need. But for the most part, I think guys like Donathan, Vincenzo, Grimes, McBride, they can have up and down games right now because we have two superstars to put in the work every night and it allows for someone new to step up and have a magical game. Yeah. I, yeah. They can for sure. Long-term and night now is sustainable because you don't want to have Brunson playing like 38 minutes or so. This is the bottom feed of the team, you know? So you, you can, if we can afford to experiment, have these guys play, not play as well. And then the, the, uh, the top guys on our team, put them away quickly and, that's all she wrote. But there's still stuff for these guys to work on. McBride's McBride's handle seems okay, but he have he has to work on selling his handles. As guard, like you 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 practice with Jalen Brunson. For, for for guards out there, there's a difference between when you see Jalen Brunson doing in and out. He sells an in and out with his whole body. He leans into the in and out. He puts his shoulder here, comes back, jukes his whole body right, and then comes his whole, and brings his whole body left and crosses you over. Miles McBride does everything with his hands. His body doesn't go anywhere. So he, I feel like in his head he thinks he's going somewhere, but you're still in the same spot. So like he, the, the jump shot is working for McBride, like, but the, the mechanics of a, a guard who's supposed to be shifty and take other guards off the dribble. That's not exactly there yet for McBride. So he, he has to work on that. Um, but also the thing that he can get immediately is what is something that Clyde talked about is when you go in the hole, get that floater game going. Uh, but he, he needs to, he needs some work, but the jump shot is a nice base. So where, so when um, Julius Randall's in the game with you, he kicks it out to you, you can hit that three point shot or at least you're so so much of a threat that you can pre- provide some spacing for some other elite players to make their move. So at least that part is down. We still have to build, have some building block, some have some building blocks for the rest of his game. All right. So shout out to Miles McBride uh, and and Quentin Grimes. Uh, good game. Next game is in Portland, man. Next game is Portland, um, and we will be seeing Malcolm Brogdon. And I want to talk about him. 
I want to talk about them. We, we, I want to talk about trade deadline people. I want to talk about the trade deadline people. The trade deadline is approaching. Um, we got Mike Scotto coming here on Monday to talk about what he feels like the Knicks are going to do and his pulse on the thing. But before that even happens, we're going to get into some discussions about the available guys. All right. But um, a big win by the Knicks. And I don't take this win lightly because of how tight the race is. Actually, let me show you. Let me show you what's going on right now. Look at these stand. The stand. Look, the standings are tight. The Pacers just lost today, so they dropped to seven. There was a, like a three or four. It was a three-way tie between the Cavs, the Magic, and the Heat yesterday for for fifth place. But with the win versus the Wizards. The Knicks catapult to the fourth seed. And the 76ers are not that far ahead of us. So with this light schedule and this home schedule, it's a heavy home schedule coming up with only five back-to-back lefts. It's possible we can get to that fourth seed. We can get to that third seed. Maybe we we can make some noise. If we're going to make a move, this might be that time to make a move. And this might be some times to shut some other people up who say, oh, you need another star. Oh, you don't have enough. Oh, OG, he's a move. Uh, but I don't really like it. What, what does that really do for you? This might be the time to shut some people up. Because what a lot of these guys don't realize is the Knicks had one of the toughest schedules to start this season. Second, we were tied for the second most games without rest. And we had the second most uh, road games so far in the season. So, and we were still four or five games over 500, despite how hard our world was. So, our, so it's to be applauded where we are right now. Five games over 500. I'm going to take that a step further. I think we have to make a move. I think if we do not, Leon Rose is squandering one of those very rare moments you have in season momentum where a team goes from knocking on the door to truly contending for a championship. And those pieces are out there. We have the assets to get them without sacrificing anyone on our primary nine-man rotation, except for that contract of Fournier, and eventually move McBride to the bench and slot in that backup playmaker that we need to win a championship. We can win a championship this season if we get the right backup point guard. Lee's doubling down. <laughs> Lee's down. Championship or bust. Championship or bust. Yo, I feel it's there for the taking. Woo. I need to see. You know what? I you know what? I said I said it before and I say it again. I feel like the only team I really fear are the Celtics. Um really the Pacers. Because the stretch five thing, man, I don't know how we guard these stretch fives. Really, like I know the patients are behind us. I want to see how we, we guard these stretch fives long term. Um, so I want to see. It's because I know our record is better than right now, but I feel like matchups make fights sometimes, and that might be a weird matchup for us. But I do feel like the OG addition is going to help us tremendously. We definitely didn't have him when we had we played the Pacers the first time. We were shorthanded when we played the Pacers the first time. So that matchup is still kind of fuzzy. We still don't really know what exactly it looks like when we're full strength. 
but I'm still curious because every time we have the guard stretch fives, it's been a little bit weird. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to look for us because what happens when we play the stretch fives, we we don't really switch. We ended up we end up kind of you know playing drop and leaving the the, the the big open for three. So I don't know if we have to switch up coverages sometimes or play different personnel at certain times or what, but we need to figure that out. But I think there's a path forward for us to be everybody else in this league, truly. Right. right now, there are teams that scare me. Denver is one of them. Absolutely. Boston. Milwaukee's one of them. If we add one of the two-point guards, I think we should add. Nobody scares me anymore. Okay. Well, Lee, Lee's never scared. Lee, Lee has Lee. I I, I love Lee because Lee has this confidence where he's just like. Sometimes he should be scared, but he's like, I don't care. You know, it's like it's that, <laughs> he has that that naive confidence sometimes. But you gotta love it. You got you gotta love because sometimes you need it. I don't mean to call you naive. That's not what I mean. But <laughs> I've, been, I've been through so much in my life. Basketball don't scare me, bro. It's, it's worth money. Let's go Knicks, man. We can win championship this year. Get the right back or point guard, and we're outside forever. Absolutely, absolutely. But let's get to it. Let's get to these guards. Who who do I want to go to first? Do you want to start with the big boy? Or you want to start small? I say start small. Start small. We're gonna work our way up. Yeah. All right. We can go. So Terry Rose, we can go Terry Rozier. So I brought up the contracts for a reason. Because sometimes you're spitballing, you're like, oh, what about this guard? Right? So when you're thinking about who you want to add as a backup point guard, there's a few things that you want to keep in mind, right? You want to keep in mind, A, uh, can is he good enough to man that second unit? B, can he play with Jalen Brunson? In closing lineups sometimes. And him, a player being able to play with Jalen Brunson at closing lineups, he has to be able to catch and shoot at a good at a good rate and set other people up at a good rate. Be trying to find a manual quickly stop gate or stop gap. We don't expect to find another Emmanuel quickly, but what you try to do is you try to find somebody who can at least give you around 70 or 80% of what he does. Uh, so we spitting balling, and you guys probably spitballing too. Uh, we we talked about the possibility of Terry Rozier. So I looked at this contract, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, I didn't realize. I didn't realize the amount of money he had <laughs> on his contracts. <laughs> twenty one million uh, this season, twenty three the next season, twenty six in twenty twenty five. The twenty twenty five twenty twenty six year, he is partially guaranteed." Um, so for this year, Evan Fournier for Terry Rozier which would definitely work. Um, a pick would probably work as well. The question is, will it be worth it? Um, and I want to get your thoughts on Terry Rozier being a backup point guard for the New York Knicks. He, right now, he's averaging 23 points a game, 46% from the field, 35% from three. What are your thoughts? Who wants to go first? Go ahead. I'm going to do each one. Okay. I'm going to list the pros. I'm going to list the cons. Okay. And then I'll say overall how I feel. Okay. Overall, Ontario Rogier, no. What he does give you, Moxie, he's got that dog in him. I think the Knicks are kind of missing that 
personality off of the bench. Starting lineup definitely has it with Julius Randle. The backup kind of lost it when quickly went out the door. I feel like we, and Josh Hart's not good enough to to have that personality. Maybe it affected on offensive end. But Terry Rozier's got it. He had it in Boston. He's really never lost it, even amidst the mass losing in, in Tots or Tots of culture in Charlotte and with the up and down minutes. Sometimes he's starting because of the absence of ball. Uh, through it all, he always plays his hardest on the offensive side. He's never afraid to take a big shot. I love that about him. Problem is, he's horribly inefficient, both at the rim and from three. And one of the things that, that I haven't really cared for about Terry Rozier is every time I see a meme or a listicle online or on Twitter, it's like the worst finishers or the worst at catch and shoot or, or, or any type of metric that's quantifying players at the top 10% of percentile. And the worst of he's always on that list. Yeah. Also, being one and too small, he's not a great pairing with Brunson. He's also, at best, when on ball. That also doesn't work where, well with Brunson. JL is going to be the, the catch-and-shoot numbers, especially on the three-point line. I don't know those. But even like my gut and the eye test says that's not the right pairing for Jalen Brunson. Overall, no. I, what you thinking, Ryan? Um, I generally agree with Lee. Uh, I don't think it's a great fit. Um, he's definitely a talented point guard. I do think that he does provide a lot of scoring and he would be my, my only concern with Roger is I do think he's a starting point guard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he would be content. I don't know if he would be content with the bench role and you could have the option of starting him next to Brunson and stagger minutes and have him play with the second unit, but at the same time, I don't really see Rozier as the ideal backcourt mate for Brunson if you go that route as well. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not really sold on Rozier. And then on top of that, his contract is a bit expensive. And yeah, I'm just not on board with Rozier. Overall, he's a good player, but I don't think it's the type of type of backup guard that need to really get them over the top, even though he's a very talented player. Yeah, if if, if Steve Mills is here, he'd probably try to trade him. That's right. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. But um, the Knicks are trying to offer the Knicks are trying to offer Emmanuel quickly 20 million. So when I saw the number 23 million, 26 million, I started thinking, you know what? I don't see the Knicks going this route. Knowing the cap they were willing to to offer Emmanuel quickly, and he exceeds that cap. Um, when it, when it comes to the shooting numbers too, you know what? The rim numbers don't scare me as much. And I had this conversation with Lee on our group chat. Rim numbers don't scare me that much if you can shoot elite in other areas, right? Because we have Dante, who's elite three point shooter, doesn't really shoot that well at the rim. Um, Emmanuel quickly didn't have great at the rim numbers, but also he didn't really go to the all the way to the rim on most of his drives. He would stop at that short mid a lot of the time and get to a floater. So when I, when I'm looking at Terry Rozier's numbers in the short mid and the long mid, um, they're good. You know, they're good. 69th percentile, 67th percentile. So that doesn't really bother me. Um, three-point shooting, catch-and-shoot shooting might be the real issue. Um, 
He's shooting 40% in non-corner threes, which isn't bad. But when you go to the catch and shoot numbers, which is what you really need to have when you're playing next to Brunson specifically, his catch and shoot numbers, I have it written down. It's not, I don't have a graph for this. Is 32% on catch and shoot. And a little bit better on, on pull-ups, 37% on pull-up threes. So for me, that might be a little bit too low. He might be but he might be okay off the bench if he's the guy shooting on those pull-ups, but next to Brunson might not be the guy. And we need playmakers next to Brunson at points. Not necessarily the whole time, but at points to give Brunson some rest. But um, unless you're just having Hartenstein do some playmaking sometimes, like we've seen versus the 76ers, then maybe it could work. But uh, so after after doing some digging, it's it's a no for me, dog. Uh, I'll pass on Terry Rozier for sure. So, which brings us to who else we talked about? Jordan Clarkson. Ooh. His numbers are interesting. Uh, what do you think about Jordan Clarkson? Absolutely hell yes. He's my number one choice. Uh, I am all in on this. I think I'll probably even go as far as maybe overpaying a little bit to get him on the team. Bonafide since man of the year. Uh, I think he replicates Manuel Quickly's game the most, but I think he's a little bit more mature and ready for his spotlight in terms of the playoffs. Uh, we saw Manuel Quickly not really – not never really be able to embrace the bright lights of the postseason. It wasn't himself. You can say the same thing about Joyce Randall. You can't say that about Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson always shows up. He's a perfect complimentary backcourt player to Donovan Mitchell during their days with Utah. And I think he would pair very nice with Edson Brunson as well. And I think he would be a bona fide leader. He's a startable player that's okay with being on a bench. He understands his role and he plays to the full potential. I think he could also be someone who averages 25 in a playoff series for us. And might might be the second best player on the court at times. Clarkson is a firecracker at only 31 years old. He's I think he still has something to prove in the postseason to really have that great series. And if we could add him, I'm telling y'all right now, we add outside forever. I'm saying it. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. <laughs> bad. I did. I just bad. He's 31, so we can't have him for a real long time. You know, like he won't be the point guard, the uh, the backup point guard of the future. Right. Like, quickly, wow. Um, and defend defensively, he's not great. He's not going to be able to guard the point of attack like Emmanuel quickly either. He also doesn't have that high upside where you know he's got long reach or he's he's really good at guarding uh, posting up point guards. He doesn't have any of those intangibles in his defensive game either. So I don't call him a traffic cone, but he might have some deficiencies there. Now, what you thinking, Ryan G? I'll say this about Clarkson. It's one of those trades where it's like, if the Knicks were to get him, would I be upset? No. Is he my preferred choice? No. Um, His shooting numbers does concern me this season because across the board, he is down in his shooting. And, but, but on the, but on the positive side, he's also increased his um facilitation this season. He has been, passing the ball more and finding his teammates more for open shots and things of that nature. So I think that is a positive to his game. Like Lee said, the positive about Jordan Clarkson is he is a starting caliber player and he is okay with the bench role because that is the type of player that he's been for the majority of his career. So in that way, he is similar to IQ, but, you know, defensively, 
yeah, he's not that great. And offensively, it's just a shooting that concerns me. If he was shooting like his normal self this season, I would be like, I'd be more on board with it. But just the fact that he's, his shooting numbers are poor across the board this season has me, has me a bit hesitant. But if the Knicks were to get him, I wouldn't be against it. But he's not my preferred choice. Yeah, I hear you. It's interesting about the shooting numbers because um, he's not finishing well at the rim this year. I'm not sure what that's about. This is like his lowest year finishing at the rim, seventh percentile at the rim. His three point numbers aren't good as well. Like the catch and shoot, thirty two percent. Pull up, twenty eight percent. He's he's a mid range guy. He he's gonna be in that mid range, and he's gonna kill you in that mid range. Uh, for me. Like when Utah is this, when you evaluating guys and they're on sucky teams, it's really hard sometimes to figure out what's real and what's not. Because uh, sometimes you, when you're in a losing situation for a long time, it kind of weighs on you. <laughs> like, you know, the team's not going anywhere. You lost 10 in a row. So you're just kind of just like, all right, I'm going to go for mine or I'm going to check out here, check out there. And, and if you get traded, you can be revigorated. So his, his some of his numbers are down for sure. It might just be he's just tired of being in Utah in a losing situation, and a change of scenery might be able to help a guy like Clarkson. But uh, as far as the shooting, though, three point shooting, three point shooting was never his thing, really. So I don't expect that to magically open up. But that dog, that fight, that guy who can, who's going to be like an alpha on the court, he has that. So um, it would be nice to have somebody like that on the squad. Um, but I'm 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 a, I'm I'm so so on Clarkson. I'm so so on Clarkson. All right. Which brings us to should we get to what about Tyus? We just saw Tyus today. We just saw Tyus. Yeah, because Tyus is an interesting case study. Tyus is an interesting case study. Oh, let me show these. Con- I forgot to show you the the contract with Clarkson too. I'm going to show the contract for Clarkson, too. Uh, making $23 million this year. Descending contract. A la Scott Perry. All right? Scott Perry special. Descending contract, $23 million this year. So that's looking like an Evan Fournier deal. But uh, $14 million for the next two seasons thereafter. Pretty damn good contract. Uh, probably going to be a, a tradable contract, too. So it's like if you still, if you really believe in McBride... And you will believe in bringing him on slow. You can keep in one eye on McBride and say, all right, he's developing this part of his game now. And then trade him when he's on a small contract and swap in McBride if you feel like McBride is more ready next year or something like that. that that's that's an, that's something you can do if you bring in a contract like Jordan Clarkson's who's descending. Because that's, that's, that's an excellent point. And one more, because I love him so much. I want him on the team. <laughs> one more pro. Brunson's so good. If Carson's off, if he's chucking, if he's shooting inefficient, you can bench his ass and let and let Brunson finish the game. Because that's one of the benefits of us having so much so much depth. It's not do or die with Carson. Uh, but he, I think the pros outweigh the cons with him offensively, even though I, those stats told the whole truth. He's a horrible corner three shooter. Like 11%, I think I saw, for, for this year. That's mm-hmm. like No, no, no. Okay. okay, this is the 11th percentile. He's not 11% shooting. So this is a percent, 11th percentile, meaning when you compare him to 
uh, other wings at his position. He's at the 11th percentile for, for all threes. But he's shooting... Number, so terrible. He's shooting 28th percentile for corner threes, but overall shooting 36% from the corner three. Now, 35% used to be average a couple of years ago, but now the league is progressed where 35% is now it's starting to be low. It's interesting. But uh, he's 36% in the corner three. I hope I explained that correctly or clearly. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Listen, I want to get, let's, let's get to Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is an interesting case study as well. Because Tyus is a guy. Shout out to I forgot the name of the Twitter who meant, who who mentioned this. He's another Knicks podcast guy. I don't think he's on YouTube. I think he's on SoundCloud. But Tyus is a guy who's been the backup for the Grizzlies for a, a very long time. And every time, every time John Moran's gotten injured, he's picked up the slack, and they haven't missed a beat. There was even rumblings about, oh, maybe the Grizzlies are better without Morant. Remember that whole thing? Uh, of course, it was ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> you still need John Morant. But he was able to steady the ship. Um, let me get his numbers real quick. So these are Tyus Jones. This is offensive. But the thing with Tyus Jones is he's been a low-usage point guard. Now, when he was with Memphis that, that time when when uh, job was down, you could see his usage rate went up. And he was, you know, fairly successful that year. That's the year that got him the contract. Um, but now his usage is down. Uh, yeah, when you have Cools and Jordan Poole on your team, your usage is going to be down. <laughs> it's just It just is what it is. But even with his usage being down, like the shooting is all the way there. Like, it's all the way there. Uh, 68, 86% tile at the rim. He shoots 44% for three. He can shoot at all three levels. You saw the floater today, too. Tyus Jones is, is interesting because he's on a bad team. So you don't really see how good he can be because it's a bad team. So you kind of almost have to take it with a grain of salt. The one thing I will say about him, though, he's not the guy. He's not that guy that's going to take over the game for you. Like he's not that guy who's gonna be like, give me, give me the ball. I want the last shot. He's kind of more of a traditional point guard who's gonna be steady. He's not gonna take the bull by the horns. Uh, so, uh, what, what are your thoughts on on Tyus Jones? Uh, cons. He's kind of boring. <laughs> I think that he might be like the highest floor, definitely the lowest ceiling. There's nothing flashy about him, and that's kind of okay. In general, I think this position needs to have some of that moxie that I spoke about earlier that Terry Rogier is in full supply of. And Tyus doesn't really have that. I think he can give you a very sturdy 13 off the bench, 4-4 four and four in a, during a, a deep playoff run and command the second unit. But I don't know if that second unit has that panache that we need that it used to have when IQ was in that role. So I think you lose a little bit of that. It, it, it's how much it's feared when that group comes into the game with Tyus Jones there. Um, pros, like I said, high floor. I think he low turnover. 
for the most part. Uh, I think he's 1.1 in steals, but he does have 123 defensive rating. So I'm not so, so sure how that translates in terms of guarding the point of attack in, in terms of one-on-one as well. But that's not a, that's a really horrible rating, especially for a guard. Um, I also, I mean, he's a solid shooter. You saw the catch and shoot numbers. I think he would compliment Brunson as well. I'm not totally sure of his height. I don't think he, he doesn't look like he's over six two. Yeah, he's he's a shorty. He's, uh... <laughs> um, so that is what it is. I think that's certain unit now. Once Mitchell Robinson's back, is going to have enough switchability. So I'm not super concerned about that. With when he'd be matched up against bench guys, but yeah, it's not really that attractive of a name. It. Meh, I, I don't care about the, names. The hell. I want names who have earned their name or at least earned their reputation for being worth, you know, trading a little bit better of a debt for. Tyus Jones, for me, is probably a pass. If we got him, I'll, I'll learn to be okay with it. He's performing the playoffs. I'm just, I'm just, well, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Ryan. No, I was just saying, I, I was just saying, for me, he's a solid player. Um, if the Knicks were to get him and put him in that second unit, he would solidify the second unit. I don't think it's, I don't think he's a player that's gonna put the Knicks over the top. I think it's a player that if the if he's added, he will make the team better. He will solidify that second unit. He's a good shooter. It doesn't matter whether it's catch and shoot or pull up jumpers. He's effective either way. He's also he also takes care of the ball. He has a low turnover rate, which is good. I think I think like for the past like. Three or four seasons when he was in Memphis, I think he led the league in assisted turnover ratio. So you know he's a point guard that's not going to turn over the ball. He's going to take care of it, and he's going to run. He's going to run an offense. But for me, I think I do want somebody in that role who's going to ha- add a bit more scoring pop. Yeah, somebody off the bench that is going to you know, that is capable of lighting it up any night. And that's the only reason why I wouldn't go for Tyus Jones in that role. And then on top of that, I think he's on an expiring contract as well. So the Knicks would have to resign him on top of that after the season. So I think that kind of hurts as well, because if you're going to give up assets for a player like that, you know, you're thinking about at least keeping him on the team for years to come. So there's a lot of factors that where it's like, I just wouldn't be on board with it fully, but I do think he's a solid player and that he was solidified at second unit if he, if the Knicks were to go for him. Uh catch and shoot numbers for Tyus. 41% catch and shoot threes. Pull up threes, 48%. Uh pick and roll, 98th percentile. Let's go. He I think he's just not used enough over there because they went with Jordan Clarkson. So he might be like he might be somebody sneaky. He might be somebody sneaky. I will say, uh, will he want to come off the bench after he wanted to get a starting role for Washington? Probably not. Um, but considering how his season has gone this season in Washington, he's a fourteen million dollar player this year when he's expiring. I can't imagine him commanding some large amount of money uh, next season, considering the lack of success. With Washington, so uh, and listen, the Knicks are interested in Dejounte Murray as well. Dejounte Murray is also an expiring deal, so it seems like they plan on trying to sign him as well if they end up actually trading for him. If that, if they are still interested in trading for him, so that's you know, keep an eye out on that. 
Keep an eye on that. It's funny. I can see. I can see Deuce being like Tyus Jones that can dunk. Yep. <laughs> if he develops correctly, but I, I, I yeah, I, I imagine Deuce being Tyus, Tyus Jones with hops. Tyus Jones with hops and more defense. <laughs> That's that's just the way I see it. Um, Shoot you guys in the chat though. What do you guys think in the chat? I haven't really really read the chat. I've been looking at stats and stuff like that. But shout out to the chat. Shout out to Prezi the boss. Shout out to Gregory Lee. Uh, Chris says, "Can I come through on the Discord?" Um, yeah, you can come through on the Discord. We, we're going to talk about. You know, what? we'll talk about two more, and then we'll have you on the Discord. All right. Drop who you want in the chat. Huh? Hashtag who you want in the chat. I want to see. I want to see who the chat wants the most of the guys we've talked about so far. You know me. I'm hashtag Carson all the all day, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I, I've seen. I've seen. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I've seen a few names. I think I. I've seen some. I've seen mix. I don't. I feel like I'm not sure if anybody is. Yeah, I don't think there's a consensus on anybody in Knicks Nation. It's a. It's a Knicks Nation want a whole bunch of different players. Yeah, there's no consensus. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. There's not like one name that's overwhelming that I'm hearing. I, 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 I'm hearing a bunch. I'm hearing a bunch. Uh, let's get to it. Next person up. Let's, let's, let's go Brogdon. Let's go Brogdon. Uh, to me, when we're talking about who we should get, I think I think we should get Brogdon. I think I think hey, we lose one six man of the year contender slide another one in you see his contract it's uh, a little bit more than what quickly was asking for so that might I'm not sure how the Knicks feel about that that might be in their pay range because like I said earlier the Knicks were offering quickly 20 million he's making 22 Um, so will they be okay with that price tag I'm not sure but uh it's possible. It's only two seasons left. Also, um, you know what, Lee? I just let's give you your thoughts. I won't. I don't even do. It. I'll t- I'll do my little breakdown later. What are your thoughts on Brock? Overall, hell yes. He's probably my second option, and it's, it's close between him and Clarkson. I think Broden might be the most hungriest to really get a, a real chance at competing for a chip. I think he will also be okay with coming off the bench as he was in Boston. I think he would understand. Hey, Jalen Brunson's one of the five point guards in the NBA. You acquiesce to and come off the bench for and shut your mouth about it and just play your role. Because Brunson's that guy. He's an A1 superstar. So I think he, he brings all the things I talked about. Not so much the moxie, but the professionalism, the leadership, and, the, and that dog mentality to really, in the playoffs, to be a real threat. Someone who could also average 20 in a playoff series. I, he has that. And to me, that that's, that's just as, as valuable as, as having some type of personality. Or you know, a loud voice in the court, and he's a winner. He's a solid corner three shooter, solid in the catch and shoot, and I think he can play some off ball or on ball depending on how much Brunson's needed at his usage rate. Complimentary player, uh, I mean, a winner guy who has a lot of playoff experience. Two way, one eighteen, one nineteen defensive rating, so not as bad as Tyus Jones, but I think in the playoff series guard bench guys, he can do it. We add him, we're outside forever. Yeah. Six five six. You know you wanna you wanna have some height next to Brunson. So six five combo guard is the type of guard you you wanna you wanna add ideally. So I can see a lot of teams being interested in him. 
It would be nice to have him to go up against the Celtics. That would just be nice. Uh, Ryan G, what do you think? Yeah, to me, he's pretty, he's pretty much a prototypical player you want to add to the to the roster. I mean, seriously, um, solid solid backup point guard. Um, he can play. To me, he could play either the one or the two. Pretty much, mm -hmm. he's pretty much a combo guard, and I think that he works well next to Brunson. The fact that he's a great catch and shoot shoot. I think fifty one point three percent from catch and shoot threes. Yep. So he's pretty much money if you pass him the ball and he's wide open for three. He's gonna make the shot. And the fact that he's a good facilitator as well, decent defender, he pretty much checks all the boxes. If I, I feel like if the Knicks do get brought, if I feel like if the Knicks do get Brogdon, like Lee said, Knicks gonna probably be outside because I Forever. think he's yeah I think he's the ideal piece for Knicks to add off that for um the second unit to come off that bench and provide scoring and provide facilitation defense can run an offense and things of that nature. I, I think it's the perfect choice of all the arguments JLS that, that we've had as a group on the show. This was the one I think you convinced me the hardest on. I always initially let's get a star. Let's go DeJounte. I was on board with Ryan and I'm still okay with it, but you were like, we just need that backup playmaker. And I really thought about it. I listened to how you described it. You sell me, bro. I'm on board. That's what we need in order to be a true contender. Yeah, I I think we just need a backup playmaker. Like I I feel like Dante has been has been fine in his role. The thing the only thing with Dante is you don't know what he's going to be in the playoffs. That's the only thing going to be I would say. But you know, hey, then we have we did Brogdon. We have a guy in the playoffs who can be solid for us, fifty one percent catch and shoot shooter. You know what I'm saying? So we'll still be okay. We we can just make the switch out in the playoffs if he ends up not being that guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the way I see it. And like you said, Ryan G, facilitator, I think he's, I think I love this pick and roll numbers. I think it's 81th percentile in the pick and roll. Yeah, pick and roll. Oh, wait. No, it's the 32 percentile this year, but he's on Portland. He's on Portland. Like this, this is one of those things where he's on a bad team, so you don't know. How that's going to affect them. The year before, he's been 81st percentile. This year, is he's been 32nd percentile. But Portland is trying to figure stuff out. So I don't, I don't put too much stock in that. I don't put too much stock in that. I, I feel like if you put him around other guys who can finish for you, who are a threat to score, I think those numbers would would uh, go back up again. And then, you know, we ship out a guy who was six-man-a-year candidate. We bring in one of the best defenders in the league, and we bring back we trade back in for another six man of the year type of player it's it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like what the Celtics did where they like they got rid of Marcus Smart <laughs> you know and then got Porzingis to help them on that help them at center stretch the floor and then bring in another Marcus Smart type player who might be better for them so it, it's it's, it's kind of a similar situation for us where it's not going to be a long-term situation because he's still older, but at least for like another couple of years, it should work out for us and help us make a run this season. Yeah, and and I do want to say something based on what I see in the chat because I do see, you know, Sherwin saying that Knicks are going to be hard cap if they even make a trade like that. But my thing is, who cares about the cap if you think a player can come in and win, win y'all a championship? You know what I mean? At that point, it's like... It don't the cap don't matter no more. If you bring in a player and you think that player can take you over the top and win the championship, why not go for that player? Even if you will be hard capped for a couple seasons, 
Yeah, it's uh, what two seasons? Yeah, he has two seasons left in his contract. Yeah, it's two seasons left in his contract. Uh, the cap is going to go up. We might be hard cap, but at that point, it might not be bad because I still think we would have. Uh, I think we would have two trade exceptions still. I think we have two trade exceptions to get somebody if we needed to to or or to facilitate a trade and, and pick. So I still think we'd be. Okay, because we still have like a lot of low, we still have a lot of low contracts. Like that Dante contract is extremely low. So, so as long as it's not like a lot of years, I still feel like we can get away with it. For at least short term anyway. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Yeah, but salute to the, uh, and Fitch says hard, hard cat doesn't, doesn't apply here. But salute to the chat. If you're liking the conversation so far. Uh, hit that like button and subscribe. We talked about the Knicks beating the Wizards, but we, uh, so shall we? It was a very brief conversation. Harden started this thing, almost had one more rebound uh, to get go over his career high rebounds. And Julius Randle bounced back from his eight point game, and the Knicks beat the Wizards. But we're here just here talking about the future. Um, and just in case McBride doesn't step up, because I do feel like this is a McBride trial run to see what he can do as a backup point guard. But just in case that doesn't go as planned, we can bring in somebody else. And we're talking about those guys. And we would be remiss if we did not talk about DeJounte Murray. Uh, Not a backup guy per se. But I just feel like we have to talk about him because he's in the news. He's an extremely cheap contract. He's still on a, a cheap deal. He's still on a cheap deal. Um, let me find. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, he's on a seventeen million dollar deal. It's expiring. Um, the Knicks. If the Knicks make this move, we're gonna have to re-sign him. Not sure what he's looking for. On to be resigned for, but uh, this is this might be another reason why you might scratch your head about a move like this because. How much do, is he really worth? Yeah, I guess. And how much money does he want? Um, but, you know, there's some pros and cons to his game. It's funny because he was brought to the Hawks because Trey Young is not a good defender. So you figure you put DeJounte Murray next to Trey Young, it would shore up the defense and they would be fine. It hasn't exactly worked like that for the Hawks. Hawks fans saying his defense has been a little bit shaky. Um, but then you also see clips of him stealing the ball a lot. Um, so it's been a real mixed review. You've also seen people kind of say that he can't defend guards that are bigger than him. And he's having a problem guarding those guys. But you just wonder with the Hawks because the Hawks never really been good defensive teams. So you wonder if you put him with a Tibbs, does that change his mindset? Does he become more disciplined? Um, does that bring him back to what we saw when he's with San Antonio, when he was like all defense. So this, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Lee, what do you think about DeJounte Murray? I'm a very spiritual person. Uh, <laughs> my, my spiritual life means a lot to me. Uh, it's very real for me that I'm sure that's surprised to a lot of people to hear that. Um, but, but it's very true. And, and I, in my family, we always kind of had like a 
that, that, that type of feeling about, about permanent missions, eyes, and there was something about, about when I and was like, like we're one point away. I felt very moved. Uh, I, I felt like there was something about him, him co-signing, but it's not being very, very moved as a he's a just a championship contender. Because Brian is, as we all know, Brian is very even-keeled, very level-headed. I've never once, even before I was on the show, heard him say an inspiring when near contention. That was a first time for me. So I was like, damn, if Ryan believes it, I believe it too. So DeJounte Murray is not the perfect player that I would go after. And those question marks, I'll be honest, JL, is they make me a little nervous, especially the defensive ones. If yeah. he ends up being a liability in the backcourt with Brunson, it's Donovan Mitchell 2.0. You have that situation where you've overpaid for a guy that harms you on the defensive end. Uh Right now, that's her calling card. So I don't know if I want to sacrifice that. But there's something about Ryan feeling like that's the piece to really complete the puzzle. I'm in on it too. Uh, I, I'm okay with the Nits going after him. I just would like to get another player replacement if Grimes is sent out. Someone else to kind of like make sure that we have nine guys that are really consistent we can win and reign with. Because um, that might require one or two pieces that we really like moving out in that trade. I, I see. I see. Fritz in the chat says his new contract. Um, yeah, he does have. He does have an extension. Okay. Well, see, this is what happens when the websites don't update their stuff. <laughs> What's the? I'm looking yeah. for the new contract as we speak, so I can show you guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's four years, one twenty mil contract extension. Four years. Here's my thing with Dejounte Murray right now. To me, Dejounte Murray is the home run deal where it's a huge risk that you're taking with him, knowing that he's going to be signed for the next four years at 120 million. But here's the thing with DeJounte Murray. He fits into the timeline of the team. He's 27 years old. So he has a chance to grow at this team. If you think that this is the right piece for the team and, and you're going to have him here with, all the with the players that we have currently on the roster for the next four years to make it work. He's not a bad shooter. Like I, I saw somebody in the chat say he's he's a bad shooter. He's not a bad shooter. He's 38% from three, almost 39%. I think he's 38.8%. He shoots 37% catch and shoot threes, 41% pull-up threes. So he's not a bad shooter. He can't shoot the rock. He's capable of knocking in the three. Another thing as well. I know people are concerned about his defense, but the Atlanta Hawks as a whole is not a good defensive team. Thibs is a defensive coach. I feel like if he plays under Thibs, Thibs would, un would, Thibs would unlock his defensive form when he was back in San Antonio. So I'm not sure about the defensive form. I'm not too concerned about his defensive form when he comes to the Knicks. On top of that, I do think that next to Brunson, he can give Brunson a bit of rest, meaning that he can run the offense at times and have Brunson play the two guard, which Brunson is good at playing off ball as well. Brunson doesn't have to work as hard to get his shots a lot of times. And you can also stagger minutes. So like when, like for example, when RJ Barrett was here, RJ Barrett would play with the starting lineup for a certain amount of minutes. You take him out. And then you have him rest for the rest of the first quarter, whatever the case may be. Then you put him back in the second quarter, have him run with the second unit for an extended period of time. And I think you can do the same thing with DeJounte Murray. And then within, and then when it comes to end of game situations, you just go with 
who you feel like is hot going into that going into the you know fourth quarter crunch time. You go with that and you go with that unit. So even if Dejounte Murray doesn't want to play that backup role, I feel like you can't put him in the starting lineup just for the simple fact that he's a good three point shooter. He can play alongside another guard, I believe, in Jalen Brunson, who can play the off who can play the off guard at times. Trey Young struggles at that. Jalen Brunson can actually play that role. And I feel like defensively, he's solid enough where under a defensive coach, I think he's going to refine his form in San Antonio. And if it works out correctly, I feel like that's the move right there that puts the Knicks way over the top and makes them a contender instantly. It's a risk, but I feel like if it's a risk you're going to take, I would take the risk. That's my that's my personal opinion. Uh, it's funny you mentioned because I don't know if he knows trade deadline is coming up because his numbers rise over the last few weeks. Because I I checked the numbers as well and I was like, oh, he's shooting better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you was like, so like you you're right. Like I was looking, I was like, oh, he's 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 up on his catch and shoot, and he's been up on his uh, pull up threes. Um, but um, that defensive part is kind of what I started with. It's like, man, you wonder if it's if the defense has been a product of playing for a, a Hawks team that doesn't prioritize defense or they have more this year than usual. Um, but it's still been like spotty, you know, it's been like they play defense for like a quarter and then they just forget how to play it. Um, so you, you, you just really wonder. So doing the new numbers now, uh, 120 for four years, that's 30 mil. You look here, that's right. That's 30 mil, right? Around 30 mil a season. Yes. <clears throat> Oh, let me take oh my let me take this wrong contract down because now it's bothering me that I got it wrong. Sorry guys. <laughs> get his all right, let's get to it though. So yeah, that's 30 million. That's not that's not bad under contract for a guy who gives you 20 points and can be a playmaker. This 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 is this is one of those moves. This is like you like Ryan G said. It can go either way for us. It can go either way for us. The one thing I will say is he's gotten better shooting. Remember, Ryan, we were begging to have DeJounte Murray here a few years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and people were saying that he can't shoot. He was like, we can learn to shoot. We can learn to shoot. He's actually, it seems like he's learning to shoot. So uh, he's still 20, he's 27 years old. 27 years old. Okay. So he's about, about he's about at his prime. So Maybe a new situation will get him better. I don't know. It's still a risk. Me personally, I love the movement shooting that we're getting from DiVincenzo. It'd be cool if we can experiment where he doesn't have to be a starter, but we can experiment with him coming off the bench and then playing with Brunson's for some spot minutes. That's the way I would prefer it. I'm not sure if he's getting paid the money he's getting paid that that's actually what will happen. That's That's just me. All right. What do you think? We got to think in the chat. Not sure about Murray. The only problem with him is Rich Paul. Rich Paul. Well, there's been a rumor that Rich Paul and Leon Rose have been open to squashing their beef. So that might be in the works. So that might not be a problem anymore. So we will see. 
Yeah, then on top of that, I think because I think we all agreed on on Brogdon as well. Brogdon is clutch sports. So in order for the Knicks to even get Brogdon, that beef between Leon Rose and Rich Paul got to be solved. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's another thing, too. If we get DeJounte Murray here and he comes off the bench, we never they're never seeing another player here again. <laughs> they're never seeing another player here again. After what we did with Cam and that whole situation where we had every we had like 25 players injured and then Tibbs looked over and put in like a G League guy over him, like, yeah. <laughs> another clutch player would never come here again. But, whoo! This 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 decision is is it's weighing, man. This is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. All, all I'm saying is that if the Knicks are if the Knicks are willing to take a risk, that's a play I take a risk on. Based on availability and who's out there on the market, that's the risk I would take if if I'm in the front office. But I don't if I'm not in the front office, I don't run the Knicks, so because he has the highest playmaking upside out of anybody that we talked about. Because he averaged yes. nine assists in a game with the Spurs. And it was a good rebounder. But he's a combo guard by name. But you wonder if he's really a point guard, not a combo guard. Or if maybe he's still trying to learn that combo guard role. I don't know. This is going to be interesting, man. This is going to be interesting. He because, has the highest upside. Yeah, he definitely has the highest upside out, out of anybody we talked about. Like This is, mo- this is more of a swing for defenses move for sure. Worship. If it works for a dynasty, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because, like, because, like I said, his his timeline matches the Knicks' timeline. He's 27. Woo, man! Decisions, decisions, decisions. Uh, I love having that movement shooters at the three point line, but I also want to have some playmaking. Will the move? Will the playmaking outweigh the movement shooting that we've gotten? Because we have one of the best shooting backcourts in the NBA right now. And it's like, it's like, do I want to give that up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think in the chat? What do you guys think? 30 million a year for Brogdon. It's probably going to be Grimes. It's probably going to be a combination of Grimes, Evan Fournier, and a pick, I would think. What do you guys think? Do you want Jante, Brogdon, Tyus, Clarkson? What are you guys thinking? Brunson, Murray, Dante is a great trio. He's on the Murray trade. McBride will be great for us. He's just like, go with McBride. DeJounte. All right. I need to figure out. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe maybe we got to put up a poll. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Be like, yo, who would you rather Nick go for in a trade? Yeah. Maybe we need to do a poll. Hold on. I just... I feel like we can win championship with a Clarkson or a Brogdon. And if that's the case, why not hold on to a little bit of capital? Because I really think DeJounte Murray, if we trade for him, there's no other future star trade happening for many years. Because I think Grimes is gone, perhaps even DiVincenzo maybe, if if he's trade eligible. I'm not 100% sure on that. But Atlanta could win a lot. And if – we end up having to, to do what's necessary to bring them in. I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a huge cachet risk. So I prefer a backup PG opposed to an all-in move. But it happens. Let's go. 
Yeah. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. He's not expensive right now. Like the, the Knicks don't have to trade into his contract extension. They have to trade into his contract this season. It's only 17 millies earning this season. Essentially, you could give up Fournier and a pick or, or a few picks, and that trade would work. Yeah. So it's like so if, like if the Knicks want to sweeten the deal a bit, they may be throwing another young player. The, the, That's the, it. Like he could be he could be had at a cheap price. It's it's not like the Knicks have to give up a whole bunch of pieces. They may they may have to give up picks. But when it comes to like actual pieces, not a lot. Yeah, because so? yeah, because you know what it is, Lee, leverage. When you're a team, when you're a losing team, you don't have as much leverage. Uh, so like the value of your players go down with your with the record. So when you have a guy like Dejounte, uh, who was probably more, t- I feel like Dejounte might have been more expensive when he was being traded from the Spurs than. When he was now that he's being traded now, and when when the Spurs traded him, they they didn't really they got like what two picks and I don't even think they got rotational players back. When they got they got two picks. I feel like they got a, a player that they cut. I think it might have been Gallinari. I forgot what the exact trade was, but it wasn't any rotational players. Yeah, because I remember we were talking about it. we were like, yo, that's a really cheap deal. Like the Knicks could have done a deal like that. Like I know, I remember. I remember us talking about it. Yeah, so it wouldn't be it. It would be they got three picks. Rich said they got three picks, so I feel like it might be two to. I feel like it might be two picks to one pick. To be honest with you, um. So that's just something to keep an eye. On. And, and then they're gonna get cap relief if you give them Evan Fournier and they sign him to a four year deal. They're getting cap relief. Um, but woo. Um, yo, where the hell do you? I wish I had one. I wish I was looking for the poll stuff. I'm sorry, guys. Hmm. I'm looking for the the poll. I don't see it. I really know. I really want to know. Who are you guys most, most most interested in? Who are you guys most interested in? I want to know. All right, but that's our show. I don't know. What do you? I, I told. I said everything else I wanted to say. I, I said everything I wanted to say. I don't know if you guys want to add anything, or you want to, or what? No, I mean, I, I feel like we've talked about everything we need to talk about. I mean, talked about the Wizards game. Must have say Knicks were supposed to beat the Wizards, and they did. Mm-hmm. And we talked about. You know, possible moves the Knicks could make. I don't know. At least on my end, I ain't got nothing else to add. I feel oh. like the top moves were Ryan wants DeJounte Murray, JL is wants Malcolm Brogdon, I want Jordan Clarkson. We're, <laughs> we're all fine with either of those three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with that. I'm with that. DeJounte, yo, every other day I switch my, I change my mind on DeJounte, yo. I change my mind on DeJounte like every day. <laughs> <laughs> like every three days, I'm just like, yes, no. Yes, no, yes. <laughs> but my Brogdon, for sure, I'll be down with because I know his, what his role will be. I know what his role I'm, will be. I'm going with Brogdon as well. With DeJounte, are they going to want Grimes? Oh, the one thing I will say, Lee, because of his contract, I feel like we might, like if a star becomes available, we would, I think we'd be able to, to flip DeJounte if a star became available. That's the, that's the thing I was about to say. Yep. 
I think we'd be able to flip him for you. I feel like he would be in the package for the star. I agree. Point guards have just intrinsic value in the NBA. The people always want one. They always want to upgrade theirs. And I think he's going to be good for many years to come. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, that's our show. Oh, thank you guys for watching. If you love the show, hit that like and subscribe. But we're here after every game talking next basketball. Definitely be here on Monday when Mike Scotto was here from Hoops Hype. NBA Insider will be talking to him at noon. Um, so definitely check that out. And um, yo, I might act, I might do like a little act. I might uh check out the community tab. I might ask you guys what questions you might want me to ask him. Maybe I'll pick like one question or two at the group to see uh, what you guys want to ask them. But uh, I'm looking forward to that talk with Mike. So uh, hopefully guys see you there and like and subscribe if it's your first time here. And if you want this channel to grow and get more guests and uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. And thank you guys, man. We have a lot of people in the chat, 117. We've noticed that the the interaction has been growing. The, the followerships have been growing. The... The community has been growing. The comments have been growing. The likes and subscribes have been going up. So I appreciate everybody who has been a part of the growth of the KOT show. So salute to you guys. Shout out to Nick Yak. Shout out to Kappa1291. Shout out to John Smith. Shout out to Coach CR617. Shout out to Mike Boy. Shout out to Prezi the Boss. Shout out to everybody's rocking with the show. I might need more mods. If, if y'all going to keep coming deep like this, like 100 deep or whatever. Might, I might need to get more mods in here to, 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 to regulate, to, to even out this thing. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. I forgot Fritz wanted to come in and chat, right? Yeah, he did. My bad, Fritz. <laughs> there is a Discord link. I forgot to tell you guys, there is a Discord link. Uh, so if you guys want to chat and give your thoughts on everybody available, who you want, you can join the Discord link. Um... Where did I put the link though? I forgot. There it is. Discord link is right there. Boom. I just didn't, I couldn't pin. Sometimes my computer is weird where I can pin it some days and some days I can't. It's really weird. <laughs> but you know what? Let me bring Fritz in here real quick. Let him know what his thoughts hey, are. What's up, JLS? What's going on, Fritz? Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Hey, you perfect. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Hold on, am I? I can. We can hear you perfectly. I don't hear anything yet. You don't hear anything. Uh, weird. Everything is fine here. Okay, testing one two three. Testing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Nothing is muted on my end. Can you hear us? He can't hear us. We can only hear him. Weird. Testing. Yep. All right. Sorry. Fritz, just, I'm just telling him to just talk. Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Hey, Jail. Jail. Okay. So you guys can hear me. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I think we're just in a, a very interesting 
interesting part right now. I think with the the contracts uh, of the names we mentioned, I think the only only three are like viable: Dejounte, Brogdon, Clarkson. Uh, the others expirings. I think all expirings are off the table. Um, they really don't work for us. Um, they can't be repackaged mm. in the next summer. So I, I don't think the Knicks would put themselves in a situation where someone came available and then the Knicks are just staring and can't put a package together. So I think though all those are out. Um, DeJounte is my number one by far. Mm. Um, DeJounte, he's definitely a starter. He's not going to be on the bench. Um, I think he... You can you can have him and then still keep Dante. Dante comes off the bench and still gets his time. I think that's what that makes it great. Uh, Brogdon also works if you don't have to give too much for him. Clarkson works. Uh, also, another name. I know we've used it in the past, but uh, Jonathan Isaac name comes up again because he's in a unique situation where Orlando. Um, Orlando, if they cut them, cut him the next couple of weeks, um, they say they save ten million dollars. They don't have to pay the rest of his contract. Woo! So they cut his, his they cut ten million dollars off. Man, they cut him the next week or so. So I think he might be a name that might be out there. Um, just at a, at a minimum or or whatever, where you're not trading. So those are the names that are out there. Um, I think. The Knicks could also just get players on the margin. So players you're not you're not trading first round picks. You're not trading second round picks. Right. So people like Killian Hayes, the Trey Mans, the the the, the players are they're, they're not exciting. But you know what? They'll fill up they'll fill out the bench. You didn't give up any picks. You just swapped a couple probably edge bench guys for it. But that's about it. Uh what I have for those. For those guys. All right. Cool. Thanks, Ritz. Well, he can't hear me, but thank you. <laughs> All right. What are your thoughts on what he said? For me personally, I'm not interested in fringe and in the bench point guards. If we're going, if you're paying Miles McBride that money, I'll just have him. I'll just keep grooming him if we're going to sign a Brogdon. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no need to have like another. That's the way I see it. I, I felt like with that, the money we gave him, we picked the direction. That's why I felt. Yeah. Yeah, we're too close to win it all. It all for a French guy. I think we need someone who, honestly, we we need the best player in the bench. Whoever we bring in needs to be better than Josh Hart. Needs to be better than Precious. And needs to be better than Quentin Grimes. So that's not a French guy to me. That's someone who's averaging 14, 15 a game, give you 40% from three, and can play some above average defense. I agree. I agree. Jonathan Isaac is always a guy I've been like low-key interested in. I didn't really know anything about his political views. So I know he has weird political views, but he he's the archetype player where it's like, wow, he can guard one through five. And like just to have like a, a safety blanket, a safety net. Of a guy who's sort of like in the vein of a guy, of a guy like um OG would be nice to have as like a security blanket in my eyes anyway. 
Yeah, that's fair. I I don't know problem with politics. He can believe whatever he wants. Uh, luckily, James Dolan is also hyper MAGA, so he can go from one MAGA loving uh, team owner to another. Uh, and I, I mean, it's not his views that annoy me. It's just like how loud and obnoxious he is with his views. Like anyone who feels the need to jump on Fox News to talk about the newest book is like, bro, like talk about you know. Oh uh, yeah, he'll get killed over, and he'll definitely get killed in New York. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that, that's. I think having a backup wing is a good idea because we don't know yet how much Precious is going to play. If Tibbs trust Precious is a really big question. And right now he's our backup five. I think Tibbs is trying to see if it's going to be him or Sims that takes that rotation spot. And if Sims does take it, you know, you're out another one of those stretchy, big, tall, long wings who can guard multiple positions. I hope it is Precious because I, I really like his future in New York. And I trust Miami Heat draft picks. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to kick in. Look at Derrick Jones Jr. in Dallas, former Miami Heat draft pick, who might be their third best player right now. True. All true. All true. Good call. Good call, Fritz. Um, yeah, the contract situation, uh, you definitely have to factor that in. I think, yeah, me looking me looking up DeJounte's contract and, and seeing it was expiring kind of thwarted my thought process. I was like, oh, are they going after expiring? So now when I see an expiring, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Well, they're going after DeJounte expiring, so maybe they feel like if they can resign him, we'll be fine. But now I don't know that's the case. Um, we still have to resign OG Ananobi, which is going to be interesting. His numbers has been 40 million, but it seems like he's willing to cut that down to be a Nick. So we'll see what happens in the summer. Please. <laughs> 40 million see. a year is crazy. 40 million a year is crazy. Dude, I'm sorry, OG. You're great. You're amazing off defensive player. I've seen I've seen like two Frank on steroid comps on Twitter. So far. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, it's low key Frank on steroids. It's like it, it, it kind of low key is like that. But if you're gonna demand forty million, bro, you can't pass the ball like that. You you got to shoot the rock sometimes. Exactly. Got to take more shots. <laughs> got to take more shots. You got to take more take shots. More shot. Yeah. Take and make. Take and make. All right, but great show, you guys. Shout out to everybody in chat. Shout out to, yeah, shout out to Nick Yak, Glamour Nicks, Gregory Lee, everybody in the chat. If you like the show, hit that like and subscribe. We'll be back on Monday talking with Mike Scotto, talking about trade deadline rumors. All right. Lee, let them know where they can find you, sir. At Twitter, at underscore Lee, it's be L E E E S C O B E D O, or just search hashtag bum. You probably see a thread between me and Uncle Fulio today. <laughs> I love my man Uncle Fulio. That's one of my main men. He's I just hate his takes. <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite frenemy. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zero personal. It's it's all takes. Yeah, it's not it's not personal. It's just basketball. We we see the Knicks in complete opposite ways, which I love. <laughs> that makes sounds like a great sitcom. All right. <laughs> Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter at RyanGKOT. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. All right, all right, all right. All right, you can find me, us as well, at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram, and the Naked Time Show on Facebook. And you can find us after every game talking Knicks basketball. Next game is... Trailblazers on Tuesday. The Trailblazers on Tuesday. So we will see. I'll see you Monday. 
for Mike Scotto. And then we will see you Tuesday as we smack up the Trailblazers, hopefully, and continue this winning streak. All right. That is our show. We out of here. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's the show. What happened? Oh, you got one more thing. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Yes, y'all. Book Club is still alive and well. No one worry. Oh, no one leave the chat yet. There's lights. Oh. Everyone come back. 150 people back in the chat saying, can you hear what book I'm reading today? And yes, someone asked me, do you really read a book a day? Yes, I do. It is my number one favorite thing to do. So the same way people binge TV shows, I binge literature. So I mentioned uh, spirituality earlier. Me and my dad, very close. The number one thing I want out of life, more than anything else, I've been blessed to be able to accomplish a lot of things. I want to watch New York Knicks win a championship with my pops together in person before I, before he, he passes. Or me, God forbid. It is the most – I've wanted that since I was a, I first got into basketball. My number one dream. So I've been reading a lot of things about, about fatherhood, relationships. I'm reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Probably the single greatest piece of, piece of literature on fatherhood and relationships between fathers and sons. This book takes place in post-apocalyptic America. And a father and a son is trying to go from the West Coast to the East Coast to find the ocean and to set up home and hopefully avoid the murderers and the cannibals and the pestilence and the lack of food and so on and so forth. It's going on in the world. And it's a brilliantly written, bleak book about hope and salvation and the love of a father to a son and a son to a father. So this one's for you, Pop. I love you, man. Uh, I hope you sleep sweet tonight. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. That is Lee's book recommendation. And yeah, you guys really wanted it and I got it. He never disappoints. Man, they didn't even say a bro pet. They was like, where's the book? New year, new me. Trying to be nicer. Huh? That's a new year, new me. I'm trying to be nicer. I focus on the butts, not the bums, you know? <laughs> <laughs> got you. Who picked definitely like Miles McBride dunk for sure? Yeah, definitely. I would say we, we could have done a few broad picks because a couple of those passes the Wizards players did that game was pretty atrocious. So, I mean, we could have done a couple of broad picks, but, you know, I let them off the hook because that team's already terrible as it is. Yeah. So, I'm like, you know, I'm going to let them off the hook. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Never mind. I'm just leaving him alone. He's down enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's down bad, man. Sheesh. All right. That is the show. We out of here. And, yeah, as always. Shut out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is the show. Shout out to my girls, Knicks Omni fan. We out of here. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>